Hey, I'm sex, love, and relationship therapist, Dr. Laura Berman. And for the last 30 years, I've been helping people just like you learn to love and be loved better. Welcome to the Language of Love Bites, where I tackle your most asked questions and requested topics. These episodes are designed to be fun, quick, and to the point. It's time we all become fluent in the language of love. Trigger warning here, we are going to talk about suicide, and I know that can be hard, but a listener just reached out to me and asked me what is a surprisingly common question I get. What do I do? I'm trying to get out of this relationship, but each time I do, my partner tells me that he's going to commit suicide if I leave him. It shocks me how often this happens to people. I hear from you all the time that your partner is threatening to take drastic measures to harm themselves or to kill themselves if you leave. And I understand that that has got to be devastating and petrifying at the same time. Okay, so that's what we're going to focus on in this episode. I'm going to help you understand what's happening when your partner is making these threats why they're making the threats, and how you can best handle them in a safe and effective way. So obviously, if your partner is threatening suicide, one of two things are happening. They are either using toxic manipulation strategies. And so if they are someone who tends to use manipulation in the relationship or you've watched them use manipulation with their family members or with their friends or even with you, that's a good indication that that may be what's happening. But it by no means is a guarantee, right? So we have to assume when someone is making threats like that, that they may be serious. And at the end of this episode, I'm going to explain to you how you know, like how I as a clinician can tell if it's time to really step in and take drastic measures or if this is more in the realm of what we would call suicidal thoughts or ideation, not necessarily a plan or an immediate risk. But we'll get to that later on. Let's just talk about why someone does that. One reason is because they really aren't suicidal but they are using it as a a toxic manipulative strategy. And so that might be why. The other reason is because they really are suicidal. And if your partner is someone who has been suicidal in the past or has been struggling with depression or has mentioned historically feeling like life isn't worth living and they don't really want to be here, then I would be extra concerned about it. So it may be that, in fact, thinking about living without you is triggering these suicidal thoughts. Usually it's a combination of both toxic manipulation and real (laughs) suicidal thoughts. And that doesn't make it okay. And it certainly doesn't mean that you have to stay. No one should have to stay under those circumstances. But You need to be responsible and careful, not only for that partner's sake, but for your sake. Because if, God forbid, they did do something to hurt themselves, you're going to have to live with that. And not only will we lose this human being from the face of the earth, but then you have to live with not having intervened or done something. Okay? 
So the main thing to know is that you do not need to stay trapped in a relationship like this. You should not stay trapped in a relationship like this. And it is not okay to hold you hostage in a relationship like this with these kinds of emotional threats of harming yourself or killing yourself. And like I said before, it is extremely common. So let's talk about what the real warning signs I already mentioned one of them, that they do struggle with depression or severe anxiety. Also, if they tend to use a lot of substances, their impulse control is going to be off. So combined with depression and anxiety, which is often there with people who use a lot of substances already because they're trying to self-medicate, their impulse control is less and they are more likely to do something irrational or drastic when they aren't of sound mind or body, right? So if your partner is someone who has struggled with depression or suicidal thoughts or even actions or attempts in the past, big, big red flag. If they use a lot of substances, big, big, big red flag. Okay. Now, what do you do? Well, you don't just stay there. You say, this is not okay. Okay. Like I understand that you're really upset, but if you really feel like you're going to hurt yourself, It's not enough for me just to stay. We need to get you help, okay? Now, I'm going to tell you not because you should be making this decision, all right? Do not use this information to make the decision about whether to just say to the person, tough crap, you're not really suicidal, I'm out of there. Because by the way, I don't think you should ever do that because you never, ever, ever know, even if you think you know. As most of you know, for the past several years, I've been on a pretty intense grief journey and it's been a path of healing. I've shared lots of that healing with you and lots of the healing resources that I found. And I am so thrilled to announce that I am doing my first ever retreat for grieving mamas. So if you or someone you love is a mama who has lost a child in any way, at any stage, at any age, I would love for you to come join me at 1440 Multiversity in the Redwoods near Santa Cruz, California for four amazing days of beautiful, uplifting community and healing. We've got David Kessler. We've got Paul Selig. We've got Catherine Woodward Thomas. We've got me. We've got body work. We've got organic food, beautiful rooms. Go to 1440.org. Check it out. It's right there on the homepage. I really hope you can join us. But I'm going to tell you how I, as a clinician, evaluate someone's, whether they're just suicidal thoughts, just, I mean, not that that's any fun, or whether they're at risk. The main issue to look for is, is there a plan? And do they have the means in their possession of carrying out that plan? I just want to reiterate This is not a way for you to determine if your partner is serious about suicide or not because you're not a clinician and you're not trained to do that. So I'm not telling you this so that you use this to determine for real whether your partner is at risk of hurting themselves or not. So when someone is in my office or I'm asked to evaluate someone who's been talking suicide or speaking that way, I will say, okay, so you know, it's clear that you're really upset and you're having a really hard time. Do you have a plan of how you want to die or take yourself out or whatever language they're using, right? And if they say, I don't know, I just don't want to be here anymore, that's a good sign. 
Okay, that means they haven't gotten too far down the path toward actually taking action against their own life. If they say, yeah, I would hang myself or I would go into a car and turn on the engine and close all the doors of the garage. Like if they have that plan, red flag, big warning sign. Okay. And then I ask, okay, and so what would you use to hang yourself? Oh, I would use a belt. Oh, so you have a belt that you would use? Yes, it's in my closet right now, right? Or I have the rope in the garage and I know where it is. Or yeah, the way my garage is set up, I would just need to put the plastic over this one cracked window. Like if they've thought it through and they have a plan and they are in possession of the means of the plan, ding, 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 red flag, okay? Now I'm only just telling you that to give you a certain degree of comfort that there is a continuum between when someone is talking suicidal thoughts or what therapists call ideation of suicide and when they are actually about to take action. That does not change the way you respond, so that's only to give you comfort. Either way, the way you respond is by, number one, not yourself taking on that emotional blackmail and being stuck, but also not just leaving them in a lurch. So before you leave, even if you have to say to them, if they're really freaking out and there are these big red flags and you're really scared, you just say like, okay, okay, let's just like table this for now, okay? And you just get things calm. And then you think about who can you call? Is it their parent? Is it their sibling? Is it their best friend? Who are you going to call who is close to them who can not only step in, but can help take some of this burden on and help you make the decisions, right? And then you call that person up separately. You don't text them. You don't, I mean, you can text them to make a time to call, but you have this conversation by voice or in person. And you say, listen, this is what's happening. I am ready to leave the relationship, but I'm really scared because he, she, they is saying that they're going to hurt themselves and they seem to be serious and I need support. Okay, so what should we do? Maybe the parent already has been through this with your boyfriend or girlfriend or whoever they are before. Right. Maybe your partner has a therapist already, but you don't want to have to take that action alone and handle this alone. You need to find somebody who is also a potential support to your partner who can help step in as you exit. Now, in some cases, you may be the one and maybe they don't have anyone else and you call that person's therapist or clinician. And if they don't have anybody else and they don't have a clinician they've been seeing, then you call 911 and you say, I am trying to leave my relationship and my partner just told me that they're going to hurt themselves, right? So you don't, maybe it's not that very moment that you first have that conversation But when you are ready to leave or if you think your partner is really at risk of hurting themselves or you have left and they're calling you or reaching out to you and saying, I'm going to hurt myself if you don't come back, you call 911. It is better to call 911 with a real suicide threat, even if it doesn't turn out to be so real and the person was kind of faking it, than erring on the side of, you know, this is erring on the side of caution, I mean, but rather than erring on the side of this may be manipulation, it's not worth it. Still call 911. Still reach out, okay? And 
Even if it means I've had some people as they're trying to leave a relationship like this where their partner doesn't have that kind of support, call up a clinic and say, look, this is what's happening. Can you give me advice? Can you see him? And then you call up your partner's parent and you say, "Okay, I'm leaving this relationship. He's been threatening to hurt himself. I'm really scared he's actually going to go through with it. Can you go and be with him? Right. And here is the clinician. I've done the legwork, right? Sometimes you have to do that legwork to find the support. But the main thing is that you are not meant to stay trapped in a relationship that you don't want to be in out of fear of those kinds of consequences. But it does mean that you can't just leave without putting those safety gaps in place and making sure that there are friends there, family there with him, or her, or whoever they are, and if all else fails, that 911 is called if they're making imminent threats. And then they will take it from there and take him into custody or make sure that there's some sort of clinical support for them if they determine that there really is a risk that they're going to hurt themselves. In the end, that is all you can do. You err on the side of caution. You make sure you get them that support. But even if, and I know this is controversial, but it really is true, if you have done everything you can to get that person's support, to call in the troops, to make sure that those safety guards are in effect, and let's say they are helped and nothing happens, and then two weeks later, goodness forbid, or even right then, they do actually harm themselves or goodness forbid, kill themselves. That is not your fault, okay? That's what you really have to understand. I know it's a lot to live with if they emotionally blackmailed you that way and said, I'm going to do this if you leave. But the truth is, you are not the reason. You leaving is not the reason why they harmed themselves or killed themselves, goodness forbid. The reason they did that is because they were emotionally and mentally unwell and didn't have the support they needed or weren't willing to accept the support they needed or were using substances and refused to stop and get the support to stop they needed. And that is why they harmed themselves, okay? But you staying hostage in an emotional blackmail situation serves no one. It doesn't help your partner get steady on their own two feet and get the healing that they want. And it does certainly doesn't help you. I hope that helps make some sense of this all for you. I know this isn't easy. It's never an easy situation, but hopefully I've given you some guidance on how to handle it. I want to give you a couple of resources if you or someone you love is talking about wanting to harm themselves or kill themselves or you feel like they're at risk, okay? The first is the National Suicide Support Hotline, which is 1-800 in the United States, anywhere in the United States, 1-800-273-TALK. That's 800-273-TALK, which is 273-8255. The other thing you can do, I already mentioned 911, but 988 is the equivalent of 911 for suicide. So you can also dial 988 to get support if you feel like you or your partner is in danger of harming themselves or killing themselves. And you reach out too if you need some support. I am always here for you. 
You can reach out at languageoflovepod.com where you can send in email questions or voicemail questions. You can also ask a question in the comments below. I am always here to help you learn to love and be loved better.